Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991. To Boston, Bloomberg 1200. To San Francisco, Bloomberg 960. To the country, Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app at Bloomberg.com. This is Taking Stock. I'm Kathleen Hayes, along with Pim Fox, a special show as we broadcast live. Tucson, Arizona, Invested 16, the power of big ideas, a BNY Mellon client conference. We're going to be speaking in this half hour with Samir Panduri from Asset Servicing at BNY Mellon on big data and the fintech challenge. And we can got to dive into as well this big buyer Monsanto deal. Jason Miner is going to be joining us from Bloomberg Intelligence. Let's get back to Bloomberg World Headquarters in New York City. Catherine Cowdery has a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you, Kathleen. Bloomberg Taking Stock brought to you by Pershing's Insight 2016, the must-attend event for advisors. Less than two weeks away, June 7th through the 9th. If you haven't registered, you still can. Visit Insights2016.com. That's I-N-S-I-T-E 2016.com. Well, stocks are fluctuating today as investors await further direction on the health of the economy and prospects for higher interest rates. Monsanto shares have been up as much as 7.7%. Monsanto has yet to respond to buy a $62 billion takeover offer. According to a senior U.S. government official, Monsanto's chief executive is surprised by the deal. Bayer made the offer as it seeks to become the world's biggest seller of seeds and farm chemicals, tapping into growing demand at a time when farmers must boost productivity to feed an estimated 10 billion people globally by 2015. Werner Baumann, chairman and CEO of Bayer, spoke on Bloomberg TV. And he said that a takeover of Monsanto will benefit shareholders of both companies. In the first year after closing the transaction already, we see double-digit earnings per share accretion. And with that, also the ability to pay a higher dividend to our shareholders. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. Dow Industrial Average currently up 47 points a quarter percent, trading at 17,547. S&P 500 up two points a tenth of a percent, trading at 2,054. NASDAQ up 14 points a third of a percent, is trading at 47.83. West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil down 30 cents a barrel, a loss of two-thirds of a percent, trading at 48.11. Spot Gold down a dollar thirty, an ounce at 12.51.60. And the 10-year Treasury is up one thirty-second with yield of 1.83%. And now we'll look at some of the other stories we're following today. Thank you, Catherine. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Vani Quinn. A Baltimore officer has been acquitted of assault and other charges in connection with the death of Freddie Gray. Gray died after being injured while in police custody. Officer Edward Nero was one of six Baltimore police officers charged in the case. President Obama says the U.S. is lifting its ban on weapons sales to Vietnam. The president made the announcement at a news conference in Hanoi. This change will ensure that Vietnam has access to the equipment it needs to defend itself and removes a lingering vestige of the Cold War. The U.S. has provided almost $46 million since 2014 to Vietnam's efforts to strengthen its maritime security capabilities. Wait times at airport security checkpoints are getting longer. Now, TSA's chief is headed to Capitol Hill to face lawmakers. More from Amy Morris in the Bloomberg 991 newsroom in Washington. Peter Neffinger is the sixth administrator of TSA and has been on the job for less than a year. But the Washington Post reports that job may be in jeopardy. Neffinger is headed to Capitol Hill this week to explain to lawmakers why travelers are waiting in longer and longer security checkpoint lines 
as the busy summer travel season's only just beginning. Democrat Adam Schiff and Republican Edward Royce, both of California, tells ABC's This Week they're not ruling out a change in the administrator's office. Amy Morris, Bloomberg Radio, Washington. New Jersey Governor Chris Christie has rejected legislation that overhauls the powerful Port Authority of New York and New Jersey. Christie conditionally vetoed the measure passed by the Democrat-led legislature in April. Instead, he's recommending that lawmakers adopt a bill similar to the one already enacted in New York. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus around the world. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Bonnie Quinn. Catherine? Thank you. And now let's get a recap. The Dow Industrial Average is up 43 points, trading at 17,543. S&P 500 up a point and a half at 2,053. NASDAQ higher by 13, trading at 47.82. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. We are broadcasting live from the BNY Mellon Asset Servicing Conference in Tucson, Arizona. I am Pim Fox with my co-host Kathleen Hayes. Let's turn our attention now to a big potential acquisition in the chemicals industry. Jason Miner is Senior Global Chemicals Analyst for Bloomberg Intelligence, and he's here to tell us a little bit more about a $62 billion cash bid for Monsanto. Jason, great to have you as always. Uh, is Monsanto worth $62 billion? You know, standalone, the market has not said it is, but the whole thing here is the bundle, right? We've uh, spoken before about how this is sort of the incredible hulk of the ag chem space, and uh, that's taking greater shape. You know, if you if Monsanto makes the peanut butter and uh, Bear makes the jelly, is the sandwich worth <laughs> 62? It's um, it's the kind of premium that you kind of typically see in this space. So maybe so, but the uh, shares aren't up to the bid yet. So what does that tell you? So there's a lot of skepticism. I think the the main question floating around this morning has been about. Um, Overlaps and regulatory concern, you know, this is a space where there are six um, enormous companies globally, um, three now, four of which are involved in uh, in deals or potential deals. Um, And so on the one hand, there's a question of concentration. And on the other hand, these are pretty complementary businesses individually. Well, Jason, uh, they are complementary. I like, I love metaphors and analogies. So I love the peanut butter and jelly, but, uh, you know, maybe the problem is that buyer thinks this is more like a very wonderful black forest ham and some wonderful German cheese, and the market's saying, no, it's more just like peanut butter and jelly. The sandwich just isn't going to be worth that much. Right. There, there's a little bit to uh, to suggest that. You know, this is a trend. This is now the, the third and, and a major step in a trend of bundling across this space, and Dow DuPont was the most recent to kind of push this forward. They're going to put together uh, a great seed business at DuPont and a great chemicals business at Dow and do a similar thing here, although this one would be much larger, uh, the Bayer Monsanto one. Um, but it's not a proven model, right? This is something Syngenta actually kicked off back in 2012. They said, we'll, we'll integrate this stuff. Some of the competitors, though, say, um, and, and there's some reason to expect this is true, of course, that when you walk onto a farm and say, we're your single source for everything, you're met with a lot of skepticism. There aren't a whole lot of farmers around the world who want to, uh, to go to one source Farmers are very entrepreneurial. They like to play suppliers off one another. So it's not entirely a proven model. Maybe the Black Forest ham is a, is a pipe dream. Maybe I'm mixing metaphors. 
black forest hams and pipe dreams. I like the mixture. Uh, is, are they going to somehow tease this all apart? Because we go through these cycles, right, Jason? I mean, they put it all together with the help of bankers, and the deal gets done, and then they find out later that they end up with a big write-off from Goodwill and that the deal really, the culture didn't mesh. Something didn't happen. I mean, the idea that these things are, are you know, are done and dusted, it's like the hard work is nowhere near beginning. Yeah, there's a, and there's a bigger dissimilarity here, and I've spent a little time today talking to some of our analysts in healthcare. I'm the chemicals guy, but uh, what they tell me is, you know, unless you're going to resuscitate the bugs after you kill them, the healthcare business and the herbicides business aren't an obvious fit. Um, and so another set of questions today is around whether uh, bare shareholders uh, really want to own both. Management has made the point there's some similarities in how you approach regulators and R&D, but those two pieces are a very dissimilar portfolio at the higher level, certainly. Well, I'm so glad you said that, Jason, because I've been feeling kind of like that. I guess it's the obvious question I, di- I didn't ask. I just thought, well, I guess everybody thinks this is a good idea, but that's exactly what it struck me because they are very different. But one of the, one of my favorite stories, uh, on, on the, the Bloomberg today, uh, Monsanto name hated by anti-GMO forces may vanish in buyer deal. Uh, in Europe, of course, the anti-GMO movement has been very, very strong, maybe picking up some steam in the U.S. Where do farmers stand on that? I, I find very interesting what you said about them maybe not wanting to only go to one supplier. They want to have different suppliers. How much difference does this make, this whole GMO controversy? Well, you know, farmers are very in favor of the technology. It's certainly they've adopted it of their own choice. It's something that has brought them greater profitability in, in all its shapes and forms in various places. Um, but there is a negative in the Monsanto, um, you know, moving out of St. Louis, if your target market's in the Corn Belt, um, you know, I, I su- suppose a lot of the names farmers recognize will be preserved. But I, I do think that the name change, um, you know, well in the supermarket and among the GMO folks, that maybe it's a positive if it's a dastardly name. It, it is. Um, there's a bit of a bit of challenge um, selling this move uh, in the Corn Belt for sure. Well, having trouble selling it to bear investors, uh, shares of bear are down a little bit, well, almost 6%, down five and uh, three quarters but of Monsanto's percent. up. Uh, Monsanto shares, yes, they're up, uh, significantly on, on this, uh, Monsanto shares are up a four and a half, uh, percent. You know, so it not, doesn't look as though the bear investors believe that seeds and pesticides, uh, go together with aspirin. Jason, what's the next thing we're looking for in this deal? What's the next step that has to be taken that we're gonna, market's gonna be responding to? Yeah, I, I think that um, we'll be waiting for another bid. You know, in this situation, you'd imagine Monsanto would um, would like to be seen to hold out and at least push the bid higher. Um, but they made the case on their own that these things went together when they were after Syngenta. So it's tough to see where it goes. But next bid. Jason Miner, thank you so very much. Terrific conversation looking at buyer's uh, bid. $62 billion to buy Monsanto. Entrepreneurial farmers may not be on board. Investors wondering about it, too. I'm Kathleen Hayes along with Pim Fox, Taking Stock on Bloomberg Radio. Bloomberg Taking Stock is brought... Bloomberg Taking Stock is brought to you by Celebrity Motor Car Company, the luxury of BMW, the performance of Maserati, the innovation of Lexus. Walk the red carpet and get the status you deserve at the Celebrity Motor Car Company. Visit celebritymotorcarcom.com.